Perfect Psycho Insane. My name is Emerson, and I thank you for joining me on this podcast. I want to let you know we discuss all things regarding mental health, both positive and negative, and that may include some triggering or activating thoughts. On this podcast, I speak openly and freely about my depression, my manias, and everything in between, and that may be triggering for some, if not all of you. I invite you to take a moment and reflect if you are in the space to hear what I have to say without it triggering or activating a thought process in your head that may not be safe for you. Your safety is a priority to me. I invite you to listen. I invite you to share. I invite you to stay. Thank you for joining me. This is Perfect Psycho Insane. Hi, it's Emerson. Thanks for joining me today. Today's topic is accountability. When I say accountability, I am accountable to myself for me and my actions. I believe we're all accountable to ourselves for our actions. Self-accountability is by far one of the hardest and most elusive components of our society. Who holds you accountable? For your actions. Do you have a spouse, a life partner, a child, a parent, a sibling, a lover, a friend, a dog, a cat? Do they hold you accountable for your actions? For me, I prefer self-accountability. And I'm accountable to my husband and my children for my actions as well. Those are commitments and bonds that I have chosen. I chose to be a mother. I was lucky enough to have the ability to choose to have children. I was lucky enough to have the children I chose to have. I have two gloriously beautiful children. I am accountable to myself, my spouse, my life partner, and my children. And my dog and my cat, because, well, I have to feed them. I have to take them to the vet. They choose to love me in return. Accountability is a personality trait that I think is lost a lot. I say that because choosing to be accountable to yourself for your actions is a lot harder than it sounds. I am accountable to my husband for money spent, things done in the house, things I do for him, for the kids. It's, it's part of who I am. I'm a caregiver by nature and by trait. I am a caregiver. I am a stay-at-home mom. Even though my kids are 12 and 16, I'm still stay at home. And I do that for a number of reasons. And one of the reasons is I'm disabled. I'm bipolar and PTSD and a few other physical characteristics that actually disable me through our government. And I collect a disability check. One day I would like not to collect a disability check. I would like to be 
accountable to myself that I can live without that check. Did I earn that check? Yes. I worked for years and I earned my time in our system to collect a social security check. I continue to try to do part-time work. It's always a try because I never succeed. And there is somewhere else that I am not accountable to myself. I try really hard to do a lot of things and I fail a lot of times. Holding down a job is one of my failures. I can never do it. I'll work really well for a few months and then I'll get sick. And when I get sick, I prioritize my health above else. Because when I don't take care of my health, then I don't take care of my family or myself. And I'm not accountable for the choices I made to two human beings that are on this planet because I chose to bring them here. So I am accountable. Being a mom is a gift. Being a mom by choice is a gift, I should say. Being a mom is sometimes circumstance, and sometimes it's not a gift. But for me, it was. My children are gifts that I asked for. I say that in the term of not all mothers look at their children as a gift. I will discuss my mother had me at an age close to where I am today. I turned 48 soon. My mother was in her mid-40s when she had me. She had always said I was a blessing, but I never felt like I was a blessing. I always felt like I was a duty born to a woman who had lived to be accountable to herself and herself alone for 40 years before she met my dad. And in that 40 years, she became very selfish. She was accountable to one person's demands and one person's needs, and those were hers. And that's the way she lived, accountable to herself and what she wanted and how she was able to twist her life to fit her needs. My mother was a narcissist. And she strove to be approved by her parents. She was striving for that approval up until the day they each died. I think she was striving for that approval up until the day she died. I stopped striving for my mother's approval 10 years ago. That's when I went no contact. She died four years ago. I did not know my mother in the end of her life. And for that, some people want to hold me accountable. And that is okay. They didn't live the life I led. They didn't feel the feelings I felt. And they didn't have the choices put to them the way they were put to me. My mother targeted her abuse to me because I looked like my dad. And my dad and her were acrimoniously separated and divorced for the best part of my life. For the better part of my life, actually. I was eight when they separated. In being held accountable for my actions, going no contact, 
if there is a maker, one day I will have to atone possibly for going no contact. People say I went no contact when she needed me most. And that probably could be said as true. But I also went no contact when she was most abusive. And when she was turning that abuse to my child, I went no contact. So if I am to be held accountable by that standard, I will happily be held accountable as a mama bear protecting her youth. Because I am always accountable to the children I chose to bring to this world. But my mother was accountable to herself. And she taught me a lot about being accountable to her. So when I made mistakes, I always apologized before I could even get through to the punishment because if I apologized first, the punishment was less. If I made myself less to her, it made the punishment easier for her. As long as I was making myself less, making myself less than her, that's what mattered to my mother. I was always less than in her eyes. So I always held myself accountable to a standard that was unattainable. That was abusive and narcissistic and manipulatable by my mother. Today, my standards are different. When I say I hold myself accountable, this podcast is an accountability factor. I hope to make a living doing this, something creative from myself, and I hope to be successful doing it. Will I? That remains to be seen. But will I be accountable for it? Absolutely. Everything I say and do, I am accountable for. I will own every error, every fuck up, because I've done it. Maybe this is a chance to own something successful, something promising, something hopeful, because I need to be held accountable for what I don't do for myself. And the only person who can do that is myself, which is a catch-22. And I'm really great at helping others. And I'm really shitty at helping myself for stuff I need to do. Promises I make to myself I need to do instead of failing me one more time. Because there's always going to be that one more time. But when there's nothing but Emerson's work, stuff I want to do for myself, yeah, I'll sleep in. I'll do other things that don't involve what I'm supposed to be doing. Like right now, I'd rather be knitting my, my husband a hat. That's my project currently is a hat for him and a shawl for myself. And I have no external accountability on the shawl, so that gets pushed off. But I do on the hat because my husband's bald and his head's going to get cold in about three weeks. And I want to make sure he's got something warm and soft and squishy on it with love from me because I love him. So there's my external accountability. This podcast is my internal accountability put in external form. And for that, it's 
odd. I sit in a room, solo, talking to a void. And it's weird because I, the only person I can look at is myself and I have to talk to me. I have to be honest with me. And sometimes that is the hardest thing in the world to do is be honest with yourself. Because isn't that the hardest thing ever is to be honest with yourself and hold yourself accountable for everything you've done, everything you haven't done, everything you want to do and want to become, but haven't done and haven't become. So when I look at myself in the mirror, I'm reminded of all the stuff I've let myself down in and the person I failed so many times is myself. So when I say accountability to myself, it means make myself proud of me, which I am. I've overcome so much. So I'm not digging on myself and dogging on myself. I know I'm a good person. And I know I'm a worthy person. And when I say worthy, I mean I'm worthy of the good things I have, like my husband and my kids and my friendships and my home. Because I work on all those things and I try not to let anybody down because I'm accountable. But the person I let down the most is myself. So as I sit here wondering what Emerson's about to get into, I hope it's good. I hope it helps somebody beyond myself. Because that is awesome if it does. That makes me feel really good if I get to help somebody. Because as I previously mentioned, I am a caregiver by nature. So helping others feel better, feel good, makes me feel good. And I want to do that. And that's a little greedy. That's a little selfish. And I'll admit that because doing good does feel good. So that's a little selfish. But as I sit here alone with my microphone, talking into the void, I wonder what other accountabilities I should have. My hat is progressing for my husband. My shawl is not, but that's okay. I can do a couple of projects at once. It's, it's a knitter thing where you, you get so excited to start on and cast on. You cast on a bunch of work in progress or whips, and then you have more whips than you know what to do with. And then sometimes you have too many whips, too much going on. What needs your attention most? What's a distraction and what's reality? I work at therapy every day, but I go in once a week with the therapist. We talked about my dad today and how I felt such good from him that I let feel so bad after time. How maybe I was a little harsh in holding him accountable for standards that he couldn't achieve. And that's sad. I wasted time with my dad. My dad has passed on. He had cancer for years and the cancer eventually took him. 
So how much time did I waste holding him accountable for a standard he couldn't achieve? Because as my therapist likes to tell me, it's think, feel, do. Where do your thoughts come from? So where do your thoughts come from? According to me, according to my therapist, they come from me. They come from my head. They come from inside of me. So do my feelings. Our thoughts become feelings. Our feelings become actions. So as I think and I feel and I do, I have to hold myself to a little kinder standard as I learn to hold others to a kinder standard as well. So if you think your internal emotions come from an external source, you're wrong. At least I think you're wrong. And I'm not afraid to say something like that. Because if you think others are in charge of your emotions, that takes away your accountability. I'm always accountable to myself and only myself because my thoughts become my feelings, become what I do. So I don't want to become irresponsible. And I want to be accountable for my thoughts, my feelings, and my doings. Everybody is for their own. Yes, there's external influences. I'm not saying you're not like your kids are going to influence you to become agitated or frustrated or the driver in front of you who cut you off with no warning and you're lucky your brakes clicked in time. That's frustrating. And you feel frustrated. But you have to realize that what you feel is your responsibility. Our thoughts come from our head. Our feelings come from our head. What we think we feel, what we feel we do. So as my therapist says, think, feel, do. I'll take that advice. It's it's resonated pretty well with me. It's a new relationship. I talked previously about firing a therapist. And it's odd to do so. But my new therapist seems to be working out. He challenges me. He gives me tools and he challenges me. And that's a good thing. The more challenges I face, the stronger I become. The more faith I can have in my next reaction, that it's going to be a better reaction. Instead of a negative outcome, it's going to be a positive one. Focus on the positives. Yes, I know I have just I have bipolar and I'm depressed and I'm manic. And today I'm not depressed. Today I might be hypomanic. Don't know. Kind of happy. Could be. But today I am accountable. Today I am accountable to me. And it doesn't hurt the fact the sun is shining. I've taken a shower. I've eaten a good breakfast. I've had my coffee. As I sit here with the sun shining, I want to thank you for being here today. Thank you for joining me on my journey. I appreciate the company, and I hope you'll come back next week. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Perfect Psycho Insane. This is Emerson, and I thank you for your time today. I thank you just for being here. Knowing I am not alone is always a comfort to me. I want to invite you to 
use the resources I have available in case your headspace has changed in listening to me. Resources available are the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. They're at 1-800-273-8255. You can find the National Suicide and Crisis Hotline on your mobile phone at 988. Please reach out to NAMI at nami.org. They are the National Alliance on Mental Health, and they are my best resource, my friends. Thank you for joining me today. I hope to see you next week. This is Emerson. I wish you peace, love, and comfort, my friends.